0: Mr. Manley, I'm sure is absolutely hating me right now because I've not got to do this before. So usually I don't have a whole lot of scriptures, and now I do, and she's going to have to just wing it, and uh, it's going to be it's going to be awesome, amen. You may be seated for a second. Um, uh, what I love about apostolics is that first of all we're different, amen. Is there anybody else, any other religion that's like ours, brother davis it's just it's just not it's not the same. Our worship's different, the way that we act is different everything the way that we dress everything's just we just have our own way of doing things in the own own situations and what I like about apostolics is, is that it seems like they're constantly going through something. My pastor can contest that there's always something going on, and what is enjoyable for me and what inspires me is to know that there's a family or situation going on in this church, and they're still here. You know, you know that there's something something happening, that they're going through something, and they're still here. They still show up. And not only that, but when the music's playing, they're doing their job. And when altar call comes, they do their job. That's, that's apostolic to me. It, it might just be in myself. But Brother Tuttle, I talked to Brother Tuttle, and I don't mean to embarrass him, but um, a few months ago... Um, his, his grandbaby wasn't doing so great. And I asked him, I was just casually, just, hey man, how's everything going? And he just straight looked into my face and said, everything's fine. Everything is alright. And it's like, hey, he's apostolic. He understands that there's someone that we can go to and everything's going to be alright. The problem is, is that it usually isn't alright in the time frame that you want it to be alright. That's where our frustration comes from because we want it done now. I want my, brother, my pastor to be healed. I want him to show up here in a few minutes and help me. And it's just it's just not always the case. It's not always the the way that it goes. But I appreciate McCormick Creek. If you're here, if you consider yourself a member here, I appreciate you. I appreciate all the ministry. I appreciate all the ushers. I appreciate all the people. Most of all, I appreciate my wife. I appreciate the music. Anybody like our music? I do. Hallelujah. Now, it's real easy to play the blame game and say that it's all Adam and Eve's fault, but I'm almost convinced that... If Adam and Eve wouldn't have done it, one of their kids would have. Somebody would have done it before it got to us. That's, that's, that's a long time between Adam and Eve and us for somebody to mess up. Oh, Sister Manley, I'm so sorry. I really am. Um, Genesis three, sixteen through nineteen. You don't even really have to put them up. You guys, if you can if you can hear, you can you can listen. Maybe that'll work. Genesis three and sixteen. Um, Unto the woman He said, I will greatly multiply thy sorrow and thy conception. In sorrow thou shalt bring forth children, and thy desire shall be with thy husband, and he shall rule over thee. And unto Adam He said, Because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife, and hast eaten of the tree of which I commanded thee, saying, Thou shalt not eat of it, cursed is the ground for thy sake. In sorrow shalt thou eat of it all the days of thy life. Thorns also and thistles it bring forth to thee, and thou shalt eat. The herb of the field, and in the sweat of thy face, face shalt thou eat bread till thou return unto the ground, for it was what wast thou taken. I'm sorry, I, I'm, brother Hill, left that spirit up here, and now I'm, I'm gonna take it from here. <laughs> for dust thou art, and unto dust thou shalt return. God took no mercy. You may be seated. Took no mercy. On what happened, as for us, we know the truth, and the truth has set us free, but any time that we stray away from it, we are going to reap what we have sown and he He made a very very clear from the very get go with Adam and Eve that it is going to continue until he returns that if you if you don't obey me, you're going to suffer the consequences hallelujah now, i I love to play the blame game, and we're going to play it for just a few minutes. Whose fault was it really it's got to be one of the two people's fault it's got to be Adam. Or Eve, and I know every man in here is going to say that it was Eve. She was the one that ate of it first, and every wife's going to say that it, if 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 Adam, the husband, was doing his job, she wouldn't have been hanging out with the serpent anyway. And we just keep going on and on and on. But <laughs> anyway, that could be taken way out of context. Please don't do that. We are we are in the house of God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. But it's so easy for us to push blame blame onto them and I blame them it's their fault right it's in scripture it's been forever ever written that Eve ate of the fruit and then Adam did and then then from there on it just all went downhill hallelujah but the blame game whose fault is it who in your opinion's fault is it brother Davis whose fault is it Adam's fault absolutely anybody else brother Williams whose fault it was it Adam's fault Adam's fault does anybody disagree that it's not Adam's fault. Any ladies want to disagree that it wasn't Adam's fault. It was. It was absolutely Adam's fault. For several reasons. Hallelujah. He's going to uh the the, the Bible doesn't say that, that God sat Eve down and told her what what to do. He he talked to Adam. And Adam was supposed to to pass it on. And clearly he didn't do a very good job. Hallelujah. And in all seriousness I I uh, I wonder what would have happened if, if it wouldn't have been if it wouldn't have happened the way that it did. Well, how would God have changed the order of of not only creation but the order of how everything laid out if, if Adam and Eve wouldn't have been where they were and done what they've done? Uh, Richard Davis wrote a, wrote a short article. He says it is a struggle experienced by all believers, the struggle between carnal and spiritual natures. Often new believers experience guilt condemnation. When they first encounter this raging struggle within, they somehow think that they have, they, are, they, are, they have failed or that something is wrong with them, that they should experience such temptations or persecutions. The good news is that they are no different than any of the rest of us. All believers deal with this struggle for spiritual dominance. Even Paul wrote of this struggle in Romans 7.14. The bad news is, is that we will have to engage and deal with this struggle until our lives come to a close. Thanks to Adam and Eve, every human has fallen and it is it is in our nature to be to be uh, uh my goodness god help me excuse me it is, it is in every human person to accept this fallen and carnal nature one that is okay with and tainted by sin all have sinned and come short of the glory of god when a person receives the gift of the holy ghost he does not become immune to his carnal nature it still re- resides right within inside of him Rather, He must develop spiritual disciplines to nurture and to come above and resist this inward carnal urge. We need not think it strange when we encounter such struggles. In, in fact, we should consider it a blessing from the Almighty. However, through praying and meditation on the Word of God, fasting and attending church faithfully, we can overcome the struggle of the two natures that are dwelling inside of us. We should not be discouraged that the struggle rages only of aware, only be aware of how to combat it and accept that we do have the power through the Holy Ghost. Amen? I don't know who this guy is, but I completely agree with him. He said a few things that we're going to break down. Um, first of all, you have to accept the persecution and the tribulation according to Paul. In Second Timothy 3.12, if she'll pull that up real quick. Paul understood what it meant to go through persecutions and tribulations. I don't know if anybody documented it as well as Paul did throughout the Bible, that you're going to suffer. You are going to pay for choosing Jesus over everything else. And because of that, you're going to suffer for it. Hallelujah. The second thing. First of all, we do have to accept that this is happening. But then we can go into what is going to fix it. Obviously, prayer above everything else. First Thessalonians 5.17 talks about this, that we should pray without ever stopping. Prayer should be like breathing to us. If you have the Holy Ghost, prayer should become naturally to us. And if not, we need to fix whatever's wrong inside to where praying should be the first thing that we think of every morning. When you wake up, what do you do first? You breathe. You take a breath. And obviously, more than likely, you think, I wish you could shut it off and go back to sleep. But not all the times can we do that. So, the first thing that we need to do is pray. Every morning, it should be the first thing. If you are an apostolic believer, prayer should be the most vital part of your being. Study. 2 Timothy 2.15 says, The study to show thyself approve. Everybody in here knows this. Fasting. Mark chapter nine and verse twenty-nine. Jesus done certain miracles through prayer and fasting. The disciples didn't understand why their prayers weren't working, so when they asked Jesus what what what's the difference, he said some miracles in some situations can only be fixed through prayer and fasting. Faithfulness, Hebrews ten twenty-five, we all know that one. Don't forsake the assembly. Coming together. Hallelujah. Everybody needs to be faithful, amen. amen. Even when it's snowing and it's cold outside. You have to drag yourself in here. What's our other rights? What other decisions and choices do we have as apostolics? Because Adam and Eve done what they've done, it's created this whole new scenario for the rest of us. Hallelujah. Few stories in Scriptures continually affect so much of our lives, as does the story of mankind's fall into sin. The blame game continues as we wonder what life would have been like if one, the man, or the woman had made better choices however since we cannot change the past all we can do is learn from this and try to put the right choices into our future amen we know what's wrong now how do we fix this most of us in here have children and you know what you done wrong growing up and you don't need anybody to tell you you know and and you spend most of your children's lives trying your best to keep them from doing the same things that you did or, or people that you, you are close to, you know have been in situations, you try your best to, to help, help others not go through the same situations you do. Now more than likely they're going to rebel against what you say and try to do it themselves, and then they're going to figure out that you were right. But until that happens, you, you try your best to, to lay out a foundation for those coming up in front of us, and you try to teach your kids and, and young people and others that, that you know are going through similar situations. How can, how can I fix this? How can I help them? Hallelujah. And here we are. But I don't think any story affects us more than than the story of Adam and Eve. That's where it all started. Hallelujah. More than both being sinners, Adam and Eve represent the two ways sin is committed. By choice and by mistake. It's very simple. Eve was deceived, but Adam was defiant. And he was fully aware of what was going on and what was happening. He had received the commandment from God directly while Eve had gotten second-hand information from her husband and allowed herself to be deceived by the serpent. Defiant, rebellious sinfulness is more blatant and dangerous than deception. However, it is is simpler to assess and correct through genuine repentance. Amen? Deception, deception, on the other hand, feeds the gullible side of, of the human spirit, and it requires the most discipline, development, and discernment. Deception is comparable to seduction. One thing is clear about defiance and deception. Both require repentance of sin in order to achieve forgiveness and restoration. Now that's where all of you guys come into play. Because there is nothing worse than to know that you've messed up and you've made a mistake. You've sinned against the church, against God, against your pastor, and to not feel comfortable coming back to the house of God. Amen? Anybody who makes a mistake should feel comfortable coming here. Does that make sense? Nobody should make a mistake and not feel okay coming to the house of God. It doesn't matter what you've done or who you are who your mom and dad are. It doesn't matter. Everybody who who falls short of the glory of God should feel comfortable coming to the house of God. And we, as who we are, need to make sure that they do. Because I'm not going to judge somebody because I don't want them judging me. So they should be able to come in here, and I'm not saying they should come in here and be arrogant and lift their head high. I'm saying that they need to, to, to suffer whatever consequences they've done and have our help doing it. To, to get past it. Move on. Hallelujah. And I believe that our church has done a very good job of that. Amen? Lots of people have, have, have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And have come in here and found refuge. And that's what it's all about. Outside of salvation, restoration is, is probably second. Because once you get saved, it's staying saved that's going to be the problem. It's, it's fighting every day. Going through everyday battles. And sometimes you're going to come up short. And you're going to need to know that I can go to church and everything's going to be all right, Amen. Restoration—it's vital. Hallelujah! God created our bodies to be healthy. However, once a malady occurs, the body continues getting worse until something intervenes. Sometimes the simplest cold or fever can turn into a life-threatening disease if left unattended. Only by taking action against the downward spiral do we have a chance to save our, our ourselves. Hallelujah! Once human nature do once human natures do not intend to fall into sin but once a person has entered into the land of iniquity and carnal nature becomes such a great influence human reasoning dominates and takes the individual further than he had ever thought possible or ever he ever wanted to go his reasoning may follow paths such as these i've already gone this far why not go a little further well god's already mad at me let's see how let's see how mad we can make him Well, after all of this, I'll just go back and repent and everything will be fine. Because of such carnal reasoning, the person tends to stay where they have fallen. And what happens is they continue to wallow in their sinful conditions until it's almost too late. When a person sins, he suddenly feels the coldness of exposure even though no one is watching. He will gather fig leaves of flimsy excuses to hide his shame rather than come out into the open and confess his errors and move on. He reorders his world from within his sinful environment. And with his new identity, he hides behind the scrawny forest of the family tree, social conditioning, and victimization. From behind the bushes of embarrassment, he secretly longs to be restored by his fellow creator and his and the fellowship of his church. Amen. Amen. However, he seeks ways of coping with his isms, his isms, lifestyles, and phobias, rather than running to the one who can save him from all of this. Like the scene in the Garden of Eden, Adam sinned. The Almighty comes looking for fellowship with him and asks him where he's, where he's at. Created the image of God, the sinner spreads in both hands and replies, things have changed between us, Lord. Now that I know myself a little better, I'm, I'm seriously very afraid of You. Mankind attempts to cover his shame further by passing the blame. It's all her fault. It's, it's, it's not mine. If she would If she would have listened to me, everything would be alright. Many people have echoed this same sentiment. If I had grown up in a different home, if I I had different parents, it's because of what my mom and dad did. If someone had told me sooner, I wouldn't be in the mess that I'm in. And the only thing that you can say to that is at some point, you're going to have to take responsibility for yourself. Adam and Eve didn't want to, but they were forced into accepting the responsibility. Scripture warns us that those who cover their sins will not prosper or enjoy God's favor. How simple it would have been for Adam and Eve to just confess and forsake their sins that they would have received God's mercy and likely God would not have cursed them. Have you ever thought that the whole time that this is going on, from the time that Adam had sinned until God removed them from the garden, the, the word, I'm sorry, never come forth? Adam nor Eve never come to God. He did not say anything about the man being cursed with hard labor to provide for his family or the woman being cursed with hard labor to deliver her children. These judgments came only after they refused to confess Their disobedience. If a child of God falls into sin immediately, he or she she should cry out to God for cleansing with the commitment never to return to that again. The longer we go in unconfessed sin, the more damage we heap on ourselves. And if the church is doing their job and the people feel comfortable, they can come back and get it taken care of before it gets any worse. Living in a shroud, concealing our transgressions, we feel justified in continuing in them. If no one knows, then no one will be hurt, right? No, that is wrong. Everybody is getting hurt. But we are the ones we, that, that... Oh my God. Help me, Jesus. <clears throat> but we are the ones that are suffering, and everybody that you know suffers are suffering even more. Hallelujah. Have you ever got to a point to where you defended your own sin, knowing where it would lead, just to, just to protect your pride? It never works. It never works. It just continues to get worse and worse. A curse limits a person from attaining his calling. God ordained Adam to be the caretaker of the ground for however long, we don't know. When He cursed both Adam and the ground, it hindered, it hindered Adam from fulfilling his calling. His destiny was to bear children. God cursed her with, an, with, the, with a process that was not according to His purpose. Sometimes people go through life wondering why they are not achieving their God-given dreams. Perhaps they, are, they, perhaps they should examine themselves and find out what hidden shames or unconfessed sins are going on. God wanted to cover and restore His wayward children. With the shedding of blood, God created animal skins, outfits, if you will, that covered their shame. We cannot cover ours, our sins effectively. It will never happen. But because of Jesus Christ and the shedding of His blood, we don't have to hide or be transgressed any longer. We have the opportunity through Jesus Christ to, to reach our goals and to, and to find whatever desires and dreams we desire. Look at your neighbor and say, thank God for the blood of Jesus Christ. <clears throat> I know I sure appreciate it. Where would we be without the blood of Jesus? People try to blame their genes or everybody else around them for what's going on. Many people claim that they are shadowed by a generational curse, if you will the product of evil before their time. Many improvise uh, and and convince themselves that just being nice or a good person is good enough. Most consider it individuals in society as as good people. On the other hand, many well-to-do people have drifted into various sorts of ungodly activity. The truth is that everyone has a choice either to live for God or to choose sin and die. I choose God. A society that believes people are basically good Will not try to teach them morals. Instead, from the principles of right and wrong, they will teach young people. I think everybody is—we all adults here—to use protection instead of just trying to teach them to not do it at all. Save that for for a later time. They'll teach you the teach you the actions of what will happen if you do not use protection instead of just simply explaining to them how great it would be if they would just wait for the right person. They teach us to a point. A designated driver instead of just convincing them that alcohol isn't isn't what you should be going, it shouldn't be the road that you were dr- that you were going down. They'll teach us just to be nice instead of holy. They'll teach people to obey rules when they fall rather than in self-interest, with the utmost respect to authorities, which the world is convinced is young people just expressing themselves. A society that accepts people as basically good will encourage youth to achieve their wildest dreams and greatest successes, but it neglects the point it neglects to point out the important inner developments of integrity and purity. This wrong basic assumption of secular humanism has developed a public education system that organizes barbarians as young people. A word of God, however, teaches us that sin dwells in in every one of us, according to Paul, and is the law followed by a carnal nature. While God did not create us as sinful, he created us with the ability to give ourselves to sin. While we are created with a capacity for purity and righteousness and faithfulness, we choose a lower value system based on our laziness. Paul declared the sin took its opportunity and deceived him, just as it did the women, uh, excuse me, the woman in the garden of Eden. Fortunately, the carnal na- the carnal nature continues trying to work within individuals' Even the redeemed struggle with this, the struggle between carnal flesh and the spirit, Paul contrasted clearly in Romans seven, continues all of the person's life. We'll never get past it. You'll never stop fighting this carnal nature that we deal in. We need to stay honest and stay true. There's something special about, about honesty, integrity. The story goes that a salesman paid a visit to the office as a potential of and a potential client. On the business, businessman's desk was a bid from the salesman's competitor. While discussing with the gentleman what what his company could offer, the salesman twitched nervously wanting to know what the, the competitor's bid was. He knew it would be cheating if he'd seen the document because then he could undercut the competition and be sure to guarantee his company the contract. During this discussion, the businessman excused himself, said that he had to step out for a moment. The salesman took this opportunity to find out what the other's bid was. To come to find out it was hidden. The price itself was hidden under a pop can. As he removed the pop can, he found out in horror as the man had filled the pop can full of BBs and cut the bottom out. Therefore, revealing that he had no integrity. Sometimes it's just better to just be honest. Just be, just be true. Because sometimes it's just not going to, to end the way that you desire for it to end. But we are all as unclean things And all our righteousness are as filthy rags, and we all do fade as a leaf, and our iniquities like the wind have taken us away. Even our good is counted for bad when we live in a fallen state. Not only does unregenerated mankind sin liberally, but he also invents new ways of doing evil to justify. Proverbs 12 and 2 and Ecclesiastes 7 and 29 both explain this very, very well. Even those who have tasted the heavenly gift and sampled the symbolic fruit of the garden may return to evil if you so choose. However, Peter observed that the latter of those who return to their sinful roots is worse than the beginning. People who people would be better off not knowing the way of God than to know that way and to turn away from it. Spiritually immature people do not exhibit responsibility. Eve never considered her obligation to the billions and billions of people, women that are going to suffer after her, because of her poor choice. Adam never thought about the consequences of his weakness either. Not only are humans naturally irresponsible when it comes to sin. But they, are, they also invent, invent new excuses for their attempt to justify. They make morally reckless decisions that are not trustworthy. Hallelujah people. Jesus help us. When God created mankind he declared that his creation was good. He created him as sinless and perfect with an inclination to be just like him. However, when mankind went against God's law because of the desire of his own master, he separated himself from God. Furthermore, the separation of God has continued even to this day through the sin. As a matter of fact, millions of people are making really good money off of separation because of situations that have happened at home. Comedians are starting to base based their acts and their, their 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 stand up on this very case they they attack our president which I'm not sure I really blame them they attack other po- political statues they attack churches they attack Jesus they attack every other aspect of life and create humor in it and I I just I don't find humor in making fun of people not to the level that they do I enjoy making fun of people don't get me wrong <laughs> But I, I'm not going to do it trying to get myself better. I just do it out of pure ungodliness that I dwell in. <laughs> Jesus. Man, that sounds familiar. Hallelujah. The innocence is gone. Hallelujah. Being aware of the evil may be our biggest problem. Deprived, human, deprived humanity... Na- God, Adam, thanks a lot. We struggle with this all the time. (laughs) I'm not sure. Jesus. Maybe it was God's will for our pastor not to be here this morning. Oh, God. I don't even know where to go now. Jesus. It's all Adam's fault. Adam and Eve, not Adam Hill. Adam and Eve were drawn to the only tree where they were sworn not to. I uh, I wonder if they had uh, uh, rules on where, because it wasn't like it was fenced off to where they couldn't get to it. I wonder if, uh, if they if they had had rules, set boundaries for it, just like we do in our lives. Um, I try to wonder how far Adam and Eve ever, you know, ever really got to it. If it was, you know, maybe it was a hundred feet, maybe it was, maybe it was fifty feet. I, I don't know, but I, I, I constantly, I wonder, was, was there any boundaries, or where did they constantly just walk by it every day, just allowing that temptation to grow and grow and grow until ultimately, you knew, you knew what was going to happen, when it happened. I, uh, I see that happen a lot. Not just not not necessarily here so much, but you see a lot of people that that you know that that pastors not just ours but other pastors that set up rules to protect us, and sometimes you disagree with that rule, and then then you find yourself getting closer and closer to that sin and although in your heart and in your mind you don't consider it that that's exactly what it is. Um, I feel that when your pastor sets up uh limitations and statutes that that we need to abide by them in Jesus' name um i know sometimes you might not understand or feel that that's wrong or that's going to lead to something that that might hurt you but but ultimately he's he's got his reasons and i i try my best to just just follow him uh it seems to be a little bit easier on on me um but i often wonder how how many times and how close did they get to the tree before the temptation was so overwhelming that it that it that it had had taken over and obviously satan he met, he memorizes our traditions. He memorizes your everyday life. He memorizes where you go and and how long you're there and and what what you're trying to do, and I think sometimes we forget just how how much of of the, our enemy is, is is right there with us, watching every move that we make. He he watches your mannerisms and and where you go and and how you you conduct yourself in certain places in certain areas. And I'm sure that he studied Adam and Eve to the point to where he knew when the right time would be to start the conversation. He knew when, when would be a good good scenario to, to allow, allow, this, allow this to happen. Obviously, the, the Adam and Eve were expelled from the garden. And after they fell to sin, God put them out of the garden. And in the garden, God had provided everything, including the best food, the best living conditions, the safest environment. Suddenly, suddenly Adam and Eve lost God's protection and provisions as they had known it. Adam had to make his own way in life and provide food for his wife and himself by working for it. Their selfish choices cost them dearly. Thinking they were gaining so much, they instead lost so tremendously. Does that ring any bells in anybody's life? Constantly, we need to constantly protect ourselves, our family, our church from these particular situations. Sin caused mankind to lose its utopian home. It also caused a break in his fellowship with God. Now humanity can, can can establish relationship with God only on an individual basis. To regain relationship with God, a person must deliberately and passionately pursue the presence of the Almighty and be obedient to the Word of God. Further, after a person experiences a renewed relationship with God, he should carefully guard it and nurture it to the best of his ability, hoping that one day he would never lose it. It's a self... It's A non-self-seeking attitude, which I thought was pretty cool. Humans are the only creatures, the only creation in the universe to take the perfect blessing of God and corrupt it and cause it to change. Originally, mankind's life was blessed and easy as God provided everything for us, food, relaxation, happiness. Sadly, mankind's selfish ambitions landed him into poverty, survival, living, aching muscles and many sorrows. Eve could have happily popu- helped populate this whole planet in joyous and carefree exuberance. Instead, she swapped that for excruciating pain and fulfilling her destiny as the mother of all living. Individuals today still experience the de- this desolation mankind brought about in the garden because of sin. However, they do not have to despair over the story that they, for they know the ultimate outcome. Jesus, come onto the scene, doing what He does best, everything perfectly. Because of Him, we all have the ability and the right to come boldly before Him, make our petitions known, and live a God-infested life. Because of the shedding of the blood, mankind messed up God's beautiful plan. Paul wrote, wherefore, as by one man's sin entered into the world, and death by sin, so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. Mankind lost his relationship with God in the garden and received the judgment of death. However, what mankind lost through sin because of imperfection, Jesus Christ, the perfect Son of God, restored. Restoration. Only through Jesus. The death brought by man's disobedience could not be redeemed by the death of a bull, a goat, a sheep, or any other animal. Only the death by a perfect human being. For since by man came death, by man also the resurrection of the dead. Now the author of now the author of death. Adam could not bring about this restoration. For Adam for as in Adam all die, even so as Christ shall we all be made to live. However, Jesus Christ was the perfect man, the only one able to fix what we had broken. He shed his blood so that we could be cleansed and allow ourselves to get away from this cursed cursedness of the human flesh. Adam sinned when he was Adam sinned when he showed more loyalty to his flesh than to God. Be very, very careful who we're showing our loyalty to. Amen? He followed Eve's lead when he should have been leading her. If Adam had re- refused Eve's enticement, perhaps the story would have gone considerably different. However, he chose to sin and found himself separated from God. Eve sinned because, of, because she was deceived. She fell into tra- transgression and Adam descended into disobedience by his own Willful choice. We all have a choice. Amen. We choose. One could sum up the whole. One could sum up the whole of the Christian walk in the iniquities of growing confidence in the qualities of growing confidence in the Almighty, compassion, respect for others, and living with a personal integrity and godliness. Hallelujah! Although the woman. Brought a curse upon her gender, and along with Adam introduced sin into the entire human race. The Scripture offers hope. Paul wrote, "Notwithstanding, she shall be saved by childbearing, if they continue in faith and charity and the holiness." God's curse only limited us in what we can do. He only limited Eve. He did not destroy her. The women saw, lusted, sinning, thereby suffering the bright, the the bleak and the agony of children bearing but because of that she was still allowed to continue on she was not destroyed she was not god did not kill her take take her life from her however through the curse also came the promise of restitution God, god warned the serpent that the offspring of the woman should bruise his head this first prophetic glimpse at the redeeming works of jesus christ reminds us that the woman who messed everything up from the very beginning also offered the solution Sometimes our biggest, our biggest curse will be the one thing that ends up saving our lives. The one thing that you think is, is, is the worst thing about you might be the only thing that gets you into heaven. Hallelujah. Even in the midst of our greatest failures, God will make a way of rescue and triumph for us. It is possible that a prison sentence could be the the chain the a life-changing moment and a testimony of God's grace to a man or woman. When Adam and Eve sinned, they committed the three violations in the garden. They sinned against their own consciousness. They sinned against each other. And of course, they sinned against God. We've all been there. We all know what that's like. While fallen humanity finds salvation in the birth of the Savior, we must continue in the faith, love, and holiness with propriety. By developing holiness in our private lives through self-control, our love for one another, and our faith in God, we reestablish spiritual life. What separates us from everybody else isn't necessarily what we're doing in front of everybody. It's what we're doing in our own homes. It's what we're doing when nobody can watch. It's what we're doing when nobody else can see. And that's that's where our character and our integrity comes from. Um, as a mom and a dad, you need to take this home with you. You need to you need to live this in front of your kids. As grandparents, you need to do the same. I know it's your job to to spoil and, you know, do all that good stuff, but at the same time, they need to know who Jesus is. They need to know where their where their help comes from. And the only way they're going to find that is through us. They're not going to find it in the world, obviously. They're going to find a way of expressing themselves in, in ways that are so ungodly that, that we don't even need to talk about it. But if we do our jobs and we come together as apostolics that we know that we are, and we make up our minds to do this for the rest of our lives, and share this with everybody that we come in contact to, I think that's all that you can do. Ultimately, we look forward to the restoration of Eden when peace reigns and wild animals become tame. We long for the day when God wipes away every tear and the tree of life gives fruit each month as its leaves heal the nations. In our present state, we must endure this curse, but one day we will enjoy the fullness of the cure. Although winter follows fall, there remains a spiritual spring with renewed life for all who want to, want to receive it. Without delay, we should take advantage of this opportunity for new life through the renewed relationship with God. Amen? Amen? Hallelujah. There's a lot of things that we, we look at and we, we have the ability to um, not judge. That's a terrible word to say. But we look at and we judge. Um, be careful. Be careful who we judge. Be careful how we look at others because one day we might find ourselves in the exact same position. And there's nothing worse than someone telling you I told you so or finding yourself judging somebody else and then you're in that exact same situation. Amen? Although we can't change what Adam and Eve did, we can certainly do the best with what we have. And what we have is Jesus. And I would take Him over what Adam and Eve had any day. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If we could all stand. I apologize. I'll, uh, I'll make sure she has scriptures and all that. We can break it down and fix it. I'm sorry, Sister Manley. I've messed it all up. But um, I know that it's terrible outside. So be please be careful on your way home. Pray before you leave. Um, I believe that we're going to have church tonight. So be safe. Be careful. Coming and going. Um, we're going to have an outstanding service tonight. Amen. Even if there's just a couple people, still have a good service. Uh, continue to pray for Brother Robertson. Um, I don't like it when he's not here. I don't believe it's God's will for him to ever miss a service. I know he's human and he gets sick, but I, obviously there's something going on and I want God to take care of it. Whatever God's trying to do, I want him to do it and, and get it fixed. Teach Brother Robertson whatever he needs to teach him and let him, let him come back and teach us. Amen? <laughs> Hallelujah. If we could all raise our hands real quick. In Jesus' name, God, I pray that you would touch every person in this place, God. Moving every family, God, touch every home, Lord. Allow everybody to have a safe travel home, Jesus. Allow us to know that our integrity and character comes from you and you alone, God. Allow your will to be done, God. Touch this service tonight, God. Allow your will to be done in this place. In the name of Jesus. Shake a bunch of people's hands. Tell everybody how good they look. In Jesus' name. Real quick, real quick, before you leave, um, <clears throat> Sister Mona Davis is taking up for Brother Robertson, Sister Robertson's Christmas. So we can't forget that she'll be taking that up for a few days. So keep that in mindful. Thank you. God bless you.